This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and I think you are going to love today's episode. It is actually the audio from a presentation I did almost two years ago now about motivation and getting unstuck. Some of the stuff, especially at the beginning, might sound familiar. We talked about some of it in episode 391, the motivation masterclass, but then we get into some really good and helpful tactical strategies about changing the way you think so you can get out of your own way and really break out of the rut of excuses and exceptions and limitations and that self-created cycle of frustration where you're living in the gap between what you intend to do and what you actually follow through on. So this was a webinar from a couple of years ago all about the mental and emotional side of change, how to fight for yourself, how to take control and generate momentum and motivation every single day. And we begin, like I said, with a couple of topics going a little bit deeper than we did in the Motivation Masterclass, deeper into what is motivation and how does it work? What are the elements? We touched in 391 on sparking motivation, sustaining and amplifying motivation from Brendan Burchard's book, The Motivation Manifesto, which I will link to in the show notes. But those three elements, sparking, sustaining and amplifying have elements of their own. So it breaks down really what we have to do to create motivation and momentum on a daily basis in a way that doesn't just make us feel good or feel inspired, but in a way that translates to action that moves us towards our goals and does so consistently. We talk about the difference between having an interest in change, and being committed to change, and how to move from one where you're really interested and you have the desire to the other where you're committed and you are taking action, not in a big sweeping overhaul kind of way, but certainly in a steady and sustainable way that drives results and builds habit. The reason that I am going into the archives today is uh, I'm going to be off the grid for a couple days having this procedure. I gave myself my trigger shot on Wednesday night. So uh, Friday is my egg retrieval procedure going in under general anesthesia. Uh, So just creating a little bit more flexibility by sharing with you one of my favorite, favorite, favorite webinars from the archives of Primal Potential. I think I might go into the archives every once in a while because there is some good stuff that never made it to the podcast that I think can really make a difference on your journey. Before that, I want to be really practical with you guys about uh, what happens when we're under the weather, right? And this is a little bit of a, of a departure from what we're going to be talking about in today's episode, but I think it's really important because people can get very stressed out if they're not feeling well or they have a medical procedure or they have an illness or an injury and they feel like they can't eat in accordance with their goals. And I have certainly been not feeling my best in this process leading up to this egg retrieval, but there is always a way to eat in alignment with your goals even when you aren't feeling well. Part of that for me is keeping it simple and being prepared right? And the other part is really paying attention to what would be satisfying. For example, chicken soup is very, very soothing, but it's normally rich in noodles or rice or growing up, I would always put Ritz crackers on it. And so this time, knowing I was going to be feeling a little bit under the weather, I ordered a bunch of bone broth from Thrive Market and I had that for a couple days. And then I reached out and asked my mom, hey, can you make me some chicken soup without noodles? Asking for help is huge. Now, I know not everybody has family around. I lived away from my family for 16 years and only recently moved back. But 
ask for help. And don't be afraid to be specific. If I said, mom, can you make me some chicken soup? She might have put noodles in it because that's the way she thinks of chicken soup. And then I would have been like, oh, I should just eat it because she made it, right? And you create an internal battle that doesn't have to happen. If you ask for help, you're asking for help. Don't afraid to be, don't be afraid to be specific. The other thing in terms of being prepared, I took a night this week and made salmon cakes. And the reason I made salmon cakes, in addition to the fact that I like salmon cakes, is because they freeze really well. So I made some salmon cakes. I will link to the recipe that I love for salmon cakes in the show notes for today's episode uh, because it's simple, it's easy, and I think it's fantastic. But they freeze really well, and then you can just pull out one or two or three at a time when you're ready to eat and heat them up so fast. I will say that I am a huge fan of wild-caught salmon fillets, but I have never had good luck making salmon cakes with fresh salmon. I really prefer canned salmon for salmon cakes. I actually think it tastes better in salmon cakes, right? Not than just having a regular filet with a meal. But in salmon cakes, I think canned salmon tastes better. And it's easier and way cheaper to get wild-caught salmon instead of farm-raised salmon when you are getting canned salmon. So I have been getting the canned salmon from Thrive Market, Wild Planet brand. Wild Planet brand, one of the things I like is not only is it wild salmon and not farm-raised, but when you look at the ingredients, you're just looking at wild sockeye salmon and salt. I don't know how many of you guys know this, but the pink or red color in salmon comes from a very important phytonutrient known as astaxanthin. It's an antioxidant. It helps with eye health, heart health, energy, you name it. But a lot of times, uh, grocers and, and meat suppliers will actually dye the salmon red or pink. Otherwise, it would be sort of a grayish color. Not only do you not want the dye, you don't want a salmon that's a grayish color and you don't know that it's gray because it's been dyed. So I always look at those other ingredients. I don't want oils added. I certainly don't want dyes added. Um, so even when you buy fillets, sometimes you'll see on the label that the uh, that the butcher prints out that there has been dye added. No thank you. So the uh, Wild Planet brand, I really, really like it. A six ounce can is about six bucks on Thrive Market. And don't forget that if you go through thrivemarket.com forward slash primal potential. You'll also save an additional 25% on your first order and get free shipping on that order. So give that a shot. So that is why we are listening to one of my favorite past webinars from a couple years ago that never made it to the podcast because I've got this medical procedure and will not miss an episode. That is a commitment I have made to primal potential and to every single one of you. So I really hope you enjoy this episode and and I'll see you on the other side. Hey, everybody. It is me, Elizabeth Benton, and I wanted to take some time today to put together a resource that I really hope will speak to you who are looking for motivation, who are looking to give yourselves a kick in the pants to get refocused on your goals and learn how to fight for yourself, because many of us want to achieve our goals but we aren't doing the work and we get really frustrated and I get a lot of emails from people who feel like they are stuck, who feel like they need encouragement, who feel like maybe they feel like they're failures a little bit. And I wanted to take some time out to put this together so that it can live up on primalpotential.com. You can revisit it when you need to and it can serve as a reminder of how to take control and generate your own motivation and momentum how to create motivation on your own, how to live every single day with purpose instead of feeling like you are a victim of your circumstances, and how to bring passion and energy into your days while making progress towards your goals. So this is really for you if you are now or maybe in the past or maybe in a future day are feeling stuck or frustrated, or maybe you're just not doing the work. You know what you need to do, and you're not doing it. Or maybe you're really struggling with a lack of motivation, or you're in a cycle 
that doesn't serve you, that doesn't move you towards your goals. This is what this presentation is going to help you with. It's going to help you get unstuck. It's going to help you break through your frustration. It's going to give you the tools to get up off your butt and do the work and generate your own motivation and create a plan that does work for you. The reality is, and this is a tough reality for a lot of people, is we can't maintain our progress. We cannot sustain change, whether it's weight loss or improving our our health habits, our eating habits, or working out consistently. We cannot generate change or maintain change without motivation. But many of us really misunderstand what motivation is. And so we're sitting here waiting for it, wishing for it, hoping that one day we'll just be motivated enough or motivated consistently enough. And it doesn't happen that way. We need motivation, but it's not going to strike us like lightning. We have to know how to create it. And we first have to know what motivation is. And I really believe that most people are stuck or feel like they're stuck because of a fundamental misunderstanding of motivation, what it is and how it works, because it stems from the word motive, motive being a reason for action. But I think anybody who's listening right now understands and agrees that a reason for action is not enough to take action, is not enough to spur us to overcome temptation or laziness or lack of momentum. We have to have more than a reason for action. If motivation were just a reason for action, then most of us would be extremely motivated because we have lots of reasons to change. We want to feel better. We want to look better. We want to have more energy. We want to be more healthy. There are plenty of reasons for action. And yet, even when we have a reason for action, we often don't take any action. So what is that about? If motive and motivation were just about a reason for action. I've had a reason for action my whole entire life, yet I was almost 350 pounds. That did not spur me to change. Wanting it, needing it, being desperate for it wasn't enough to get me to do the work. And I was really, really frustrated because I wanted it so bad and I didn't understand how I could create these elaborate plans for changing my life and want it so bad. I hated my life. When I was almost 350 pounds, I hated my body. I isolated myself. I was embarrassed. I was angry. I was tired. I didn't feel well, but I wasn't doing the work. What the heck? And it was because of this fundamental misunderstanding of motivation. I was actually a very motivated person. I worked really hard at my job. I never called in sick. I worked really hard in my own life, on my house, on my finances, but not my health. And I always thought that it was just I wasn't motivated enough and I didn't understand how I could bridge that gap. But when I figured it out, it changed my world. It changed my body. It changed my career. It changed the entire trajectory of my life. And I want to share with you some of the strategies that I put into place to really transform from wanting it desperately, but being obese, knowing what to do and not doing the work, to really transforming my life. And these are strategies that I continue to use, and they're strategies that I teach my clients. And today I want to spend some time sharing them with you. I want to first be very clear, though, that I can't do this for you, nor is it my intention to try to do this for you. I'm not like a lot of coaches out there in the marketplace. I'm really not. I don't want to do the work for you because then you need me, and I don't want you to need me. I want you to find the answers within yourself. I want you to learn how to create motivation. I don't want to be your motivator. I want to be the person who teaches you how to generate your own motivation. So no matter where you are in your life, no matter what's going on around you, you know how to do the work. You know how to be your biggest motivator. Because if I can give you that, then you have everything you need. I can teach you how to solve the challenges that you will run into. And I can teach you how to motivate yourself because you will have days and weeks and months where you aren't as motivated and you're going to need to know how to generate your own motivation. I recently 
well, not recently, I guess probably about a year ago now, I read the book, The Motivation Manifesto. And I'm going to link to that book below this presentation. It's worth the read if you like to read. It's a great one. One of the concepts that was introduced in that book was so powerful to me because it really explained why so many of us screw up this idea of motivation. We tend to think of it as just what I said, motive, reason for action. We have to just want it bad enough. And that is just not true because there are so many people that want to get out of debt desperately, but don't do the work. There are so many people that desperately want to be healthy and fit, but don't do the work. And I believe that stems from really misunderstanding what motivation is and what is required for motivation. So I want to share with you the elements of motivation. And as I do this, I want you to write them down and I want you to look at which ones you are missing so that you can go through and plug the holes and say, okay, I have this, but I definitely don't have that. I need to create that. I need to fill that gap so that you can round out your picture of motivation. And I promise you, everything in life gets easier when we have all of these elements of motivation. So there's three elements of motivation as described in this book. And again, I'm going to link to it below the presentation in case you want to check it out. But I'm going to hit the highlights for you here today. There are three elements of motivation, and then each of these elements has two components. Now, we tend to think of the spark, and that's it, the initial feeling of motivation, and then we feel like, oh, it went away. But that is because the spark is just the beginning of the motivation equation, and that's typically where we put all our attention and effort, and then we wonder what happened. But it's no different than wanting a fire and thinking that fire is simply striking a match. Yeah, you get fire, but you're not going to have it for very long if you don't sustain it, if you don't amplify it. So the spark of motivation is critical, but that is not the be-all, end-all of motivation. So many times we feel like, oh, I was so motivated, but then it went away. No, that's not it at all. You initiated motivation, you ignited motivation, but you didn't do the rest of the work. You missed out on the rest of the elements. So the three elements of motivation that I want to spend some time exploring are the spark of motivation, sustaining motivation, and amplifying motivation, and they are all absolutely required because, remember, we cannot change and we cannot maintain change without motivation, and our motivation will not be lasting if we do not have all of these three elements. So the initial spark of motivation comes from a combination of ambition and expectancy. Ambition is wanting something, the goal, the desire, wanting to be lean and fit, wanting to be healthy, wanting to be high energy, wanting to be whatever it is that is your goal, that ambition, that desire for something beyond where you are now. That is part of the spark, the want. Expectancy is the other part of it, and I believe that this is lacking in many, many people who are struggling to consistently take action towards their goals. Expectancy is believing that you can achieve it. So the ambition is the desire to be or do or have or experience something greater in your life, to be healthier to have more fitness, to experience more energy, to have more money, to have a better job, to be in a healthier relationship. The ambition is the desire to have something greater in your life, to be something greater. And the expectancy is a choice to believe that whatever it is that you want is possible, that you can achieve that ambition. How many people want to lose weight but do not choose to believe that it is possible and they can achieve that goal? They really want it, but they'll be the first one to tell you, I don't think I can do it. Um, I think I'm always going to be overweight. Well, don't expect 
to be motivated if you have the ambition without the expectancy. And expectancy is a choice to believe that it is possible and you cannot sustain motivation. You cannot spark motivation without expectancy. And the key word that I want to highlight for you here is that it is a choice. A choice to believe that whatever your ambition is, is possible and can be achieved by you. This is the difference between a wish and truly establishing motivation. You can wish to be wealthy, but if you don't believe that that is within your reach, well then, it's not going to generate true motivation. Then it's just a desire, and it's not likely going to spur you to action. So you must have both the ambition and the expectancy. You must choose to believe that it can be achieved by you. To sustain motivation, after you've sparked it with ambition and expectancy, to sustain it over time, to have it stay with you, requires both attention and effort, a focus and an action, all right? A focus and an action. You must give constant attention to your ambitions, not just when you pull on your jeans and they're tight, not just when New Year's rolls, rolls around and everybody's setting uh, their resolutions. You must give constant attention to your ambitions. It cannot be a fleeting thing that you think about every couple of weeks when you get a wild hair because your jeans don't fit or you've seen somebody who recently lost a lot of weight and you're feeling a little jealous. If you want to sustain motivation, you must give your goals constant attention. And then you must put forth daily effort in action and in thought. So I want to really emphasize the word daily. If you expect to sustain motivation, you cannot do the work every fourth day. You cannot do the work on the days when you wake up and feel like doing the work. It doesn't mean you have to be perfect every single day. That's not what I'm saying at all. But you must put forth daily effort. You must be focused on your goals and you must take action every single day in a big way or a small way, a baby step or a giant leap forward, you must be thinking about and focused on your goals and you must take action. Otherwise, you cannot possibly sustain the motivation. A lot of people wonder why they're not motivated after that initial spark. It's because they are not bringing daily attention and daily action to their ambition. Our attention and our effort on a daily basis. They build momentum and they catapult our motivation. They fuel a desire for further action because we're thinking about what we want and we're taking action and that creates results. And of course, that is going to sustain our motivation. You can't just want it. You can't just think about it and expect to sustain motivation. Motivation is sustained with our attention and our effort on a daily basis. And sometimes you have to amplify this motivation because some days it's just not what you want it to be. And on those days, instead of saying, I'm not motivated, I'm in a rut, this really sucks, I'm not focused, I'm stuck, instead say, looks like I really need to amplify my motivation. It looks like it's wavering a little bit, just like if you have a fire going and it starts to die down and you start to just have those embers, you don't look and go, gee, I really wish I had a fire. You've got to get up. You've got to amplify that fire. And the same is true with motivation. Don't just sit there and watch it die. Why would you do that? Why would you just sit there and be like, it's really dying down. Motivation's pretty low. That kind of sucks. I wish I had more. It's just like a fire. When you see it dying down, get up, do something, add fuel to the fire, amplify your motivation. And we do this with our attitude, our thoughts and our words, and our environment. You've got, you must be positive and enthusiastic about your goals. It blows my mind when I meet people who look at their goals as a burden. I really need to lose weight. I really need to make better food choices, but gosh, it's hard. No, this is an opportunity. I'm creating something where I'm going to feel better, where I'm going to look better, where I'm going to be healthier, where I'm going to create more opportunity in my life. 
Dude, it's a gift. Your attitude is how you amplify your motivation and you must be positive and enthusiastic about your goals. Otherwise, you can expect that motivation to fizzle. Your space, your environment is a huge part of amplifying motivation. If you come home every single day to a pantry full of cookies and cakes, that's really going to be a struggle for you. Your space should get you back in touch with what you want. And that's not only your pantry and your fridge being stocked with foods that are going to help you move towards your goals, but also eliminating clutter. Having your space rejuvenate you instead of drain you because our choices and our external environment is a reflection of our internal environment. And so we have to care for the space around us if we expect to care for the space within us. This is critical. Now, I know that a lot of you probably got hung up on the expectancy part that spark of motivation, not only having the ambition, but having the expectancy to go along with it, believing that you can and you will achieve your goal. That belief part is where a lot of people get screwed up. So the first thing I want you to sit with, if you're struggling with the expectancy, the belief, the choice that you can and you will achieve your goals, I want you to first answer the question, what do you want to achieve? What is that goal? What is that ambition that you have? What is it that you want to feel motivated to do? I want you to not just think about this. If you're listening right now, it's okay to hit pause. I want you to write down on paper what you want to achieve. What do you want to feel motivated to accomplish? Write it down. What do you need to know that you don't know right now What do you need to know to achieve your goal? Again, write this down. What it is that you want to achieve and what you need to know in order to achieve it. The last thing I want you to write down, what do you need to do in order to achieve it? What is it that you want to achieve? What do you need to know in order to achieve it, and what do you need to do to achieve it? See, now you just have to do it. You know what you want, and you know what you need to know, so either find out what you need to know or do what you need to do. There's no reason that you can't achieve it. You might not be perfect, but if you know what you want, and you know what you need to know to do it, and you know what you need to do to get it, then of course you can. You might not choose to, but is it possible? Of course it is possible. So you need to surrender this ridiculous belief that it's not possible because it is possible. You know, the crazy things that people have both of their legs amputated and still run a marathon. If you want to lose 20 pounds, you can lose 20 pounds. It might take some work and it might take some effort, but don't you for one second tell yourself that it can't be done Because of course it can. And you just might need a bit of an attitude adjustment. And I'm going to help you with that. I really am. Because I understand, you know, when I was almost 350 pounds, I wasn't sure if I could do it. I had tried and failed so many times that I wasn't sure. I knew I could lose 10 pounds or 15 pounds. But I didn't know that I could keep it off. And I didn't know that I could lose over 100. And I'll help you with that last part. That's what I really want to do Today, I want to go through six strategies to help you make progress. And you don't have to do all of these things at once. And maybe you need to revisit this presentation a few times when you're feeling kind of down, when you're feeling like you're in a slump, to remind you that there's always something you can do. And when you don't do it, it's not because you can't. It's because you chose not to. The first thing I want to talk about is the fact that you must, you must change the picture in your mind. You must change the picture in your mind. If you are somebody who's saying, I can't, it's too hard, not for me, I'm too old, my metabolism's too slow, you've got to stop 
filling your mind with those limiting beliefs. It doesn't mean you need to say it's totally possible and I can do everything. But at a minimum, you've got to stop putting the negativity in your mind because the reality is, whether you like this or not, whether you believe it or not, it is completely true that you are who you are and where you are because of what you put into your mind. I knew this was true for me. I was so confused about how I could want weight loss so bad, so bad that I left a full scholarship in Latin and Greek to study nutrition to find answers, and yet the whole time I was studying, I was getting heavier and heavier and heavier. I wanted it more than anything. Why couldn't I do it? And it wasn't that I wasn't motivated. I was looking at my performance in my job, and I was like, wait a second. I'm super motivated at work. I'm the first person into work every single morning, and I'm usually the last person to leave, and I'm usually there every single weekend, and I volunteer for hard projects, so I'm obviously motivated. Why am I doing so well in my job that's not as important to me in my health, and yet despite wanting to be healthier more than I want to be good at my job, I'm not doing the work? It was because I was putting into my mind. I was telling myself, you're an emotional eater. If you get tired, you overeat. If you have a long day at work, you comfort yourself with food. You're really great at losing weight and terrible at keeping it off. I was who I was and where I was because of what I was putting into my mind. That was my limiting factor. Your body will go to work creating the picture your mind has given it. So if you have told yourself, I'm just the fat girl, I'm an emotional eater. I'm out of control. I can't stop binging. Once I start with chocolate, I can't stop. Those are instructions you are giving to your mind, and your mind then has certainty, and it will execute on what you have told it. So many times I get emails from people who say, I don't know what to do. I'm completely out of control. I can't seem to stop this downward cycle. All I do is overeat and binge, and I can't seem to pull myself together. And I will say, time out. Step one, reread the email that you sent to me as if it is a set of instructions to your brain, because it is. Because every thought and every word is an instruction to your brain. Your brain seeks certainty. You give it, and your body goes to work creating that picture you have created in your mind. So you must change that. You must turn off the limiting beliefs. You must turn off the negativity, and your performance will improve when your image of yourself does. When you no longer say, I'm an emotional eater, 90% or more of the decisions that we make are made by our subconscious because our brain is busy doing other things. We're paying attention to other things. Our subconscious mind makes decisions without our direct cognitive involvement, and it is doing so based on the instructions that we have given it. So while you're on the phone or you're browsing Facebook and you're mindlessly eating a bag of trail mix at 10 o'clock at night, it's because you've told yourself you have no self control. I'm just the fat girl. I'm terrible at, lose, at, at keeping weight off, but I'm okay at losing it. All of these things instruct your brain. And so when your subconscious is making these decisions, it's doing so based on the picture you've created for yourself. So when you improve your image of yourself, you improve your performance, period. You cannot consistently perform in a manner that is inconsistent with the way you see yourself. So if you see yourself as the fat girl, you cannot consistently perform as the fit healthy person you want to be. But when you see yourself as the fit, healthy person you want to be, you will perform consistently in line with that series of beliefs. Now, a lot of people are like, well, what are you saying? I should tell myself that like I'm a size six and I'm fit and I'm lean. No, I actually don't think so. I really believe very strongly in power thoughts, not necessarily positive thoughts. Now, traditional positive thinking would suggest that we should say to ourselves, instead of, I'm just the fat girl, we should say, I'm fit and I'm healthy and I'm leaner than I've ever been. Here's the problem with that. As you say that and you look in the mirror, your subconscious is going, yeah, right. Uh-huh, sure. Yeah, you're the fit girl. How about those size 18 pants there, killer? right? And so we don't believe it. We put it in our mind, but the second we do, that voice of doubt is like, uh-huh, sure. And so if you don't believe it, if in your subconscious or your conscious, you're saying, yeah, right, I call BS, then that doesn't take root. 
So the positive thoughts are great if you believe them, but if you don't believe them, they're not going to serve you. This is why I love power thoughts. When I was almost 350 pounds, I couldn't look in the mirror and be like, you're leaner every single day, because I'd be like, uh, not exactly. My pants are tighter today than they were yesterday, but thanks. That's really sweet. You're full of it. A power thought, however, brings you back to your place of power. When you notice these thoughts popping into your head, like, I'm just the fat girl, I'm so gross, oh my gosh, I look awful, I'm so embarrassed, this is pointless, I'll never get there, replace it with a power thought. And a power thought brings you to your place of control, and it might be something as simple as, well, I'm in control of my choices today right? As soon as that negativity pops into your mind, replace it with a power thought. I am in control of my choices today. I can do my best today. I can make good choices for one day. I can make choices today that make me feel good. I can own this moment. When we notice the negativity creeping in, it just happens automatically oftentimes because it's been our pattern of behavior for so long. Turning it off How do you turn off your thoughts? I haven't figured that one out yet. You don't have to. Take those negative thoughts and replace them with power thoughts. I'm in control of my choices today. I can make great choices today. I can make a choice that makes me feel good. I'm going to do something today that moves me towards my goals. Replace the negativity with the power thoughts. Don't worry about the positive thoughts. Go with power thoughts that bring you to your place of control and remind you, I can own this moment. All of that negativity, whatever, that's yesterday. Right here, right now, I'm in control of my choices. The second strategy I want to talk about is taking action. Most of us, and I've been guilty of this more times than I'd care to admit, we do way more thinking than we do doing. We think too much and act too little. We spend so much time planning obsessing, beating ourselves up, freaking out over where we're going to be 30 days from now or what we didn't do over the last 30 days, and we lose the opportunity to take action because we're too busy thinking. Think less, do more. Take more action. If you want more results, take more action. If you want more progress, take more action. If you want to change your life, stop thinking and start doing. Because the reality is that you can have the most brilliant strategy, the most practical strategy, the most workable strategy, but it is not going to do a dang thing for you if you don't do the work. You, I don't know about you, but I used to create all of these plans. 30-day plans, 7-day plans, 90-day plans, and I would factor out, well, if I if I do it just like this and I'm perfect and I don't cheat and I don't slip up, I could probably lose 15 pounds in the next 30 days. Yeah, I'm totally going to do that. I'm going to start tomorrow, but I'm totally going to do that. The strategy didn't matter because I wasn't doing the work, because I was investing so much time and energy and focus in the strategy. There was no time and energy and focus in the work. The strategy doesn't matter. The action is what matters because motivation, see, many of us wait to take action until we feel motivated, but it doesn't work that way. Take action to create motivation. If you sit there waiting to take action until you feel motivated, you're going to be waiting until you die. When you take action, motivation follows the action. The action generates energy and the energy fuels your motivation. It is this cycle that builds and grows and it starts with action, doing something, not wanting something or planning something or reading about something or wishing for something, doing something. I don't care if it's just get up and drink a glass of water, get up and do 10 body weight squats, get up and go for a walk, get up and make yourself a fat loss friendly meal, do something, take action. Stop waiting for something to change, like waiting for work to be less stressful, waiting to have more time, waiting to have more money, waiting to have more motivation. Stop justifying all the reasons you're not doing something and just take that energy and do something. It generates motivation and you'll want to do more things. Get up and do something. It doesn't have to be the perfect thing. It doesn't have to be everything. Just take one action and get it done. One small action. Like I said, I don't care if you just say, I'm feeling like I'm in a funk and I'm not feeling very motivated. I'm going to get up 
and I'm going to do 10 body weight squats. I'm going to drink a glass of water. I'm going to prepare a fat loss friendly breakfast for the following day. I'm going to clean out my closet. Do something. Take action and continuously be asking yourself, what can I do? So many times we focus on, well, I don't, I don't have a lot of time and it's work has been really, really stressful and I've got guests coming into town or I'm going to be traveling. Screw all the things you can't do and focus on, all right, what can I do? What can I do? Well, right now I could go for a walk right now. I could go grocery shopping. Right now, I could make myself a fat loss friendly meal or I could go to bed early. There's so much you can do. You need to bring your focus to those things and then do them. Don't just identify them. What can I do? I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go do it right now. Because many of us have an interest. We just have an interest. We don't have a commitment. We have an interest in getting healthy. We have an interest in losing weight. We have an interest in working out. And so we think about it and we read a lot about it and we want to have all of our questions answered and we want to read everybody's opinion on it, but we don't do anything. Stop caring what everybody else says or thinks. Stop caring about creating this perfect strategy because your perfect strategy doesn't matter if it's just on paper. Decide that you are going to commit to action. And every single day, no matter what, you will never let a day go by where you do not take at least one action. At least. There's no reason that everybody that's listening to this can't make this commitment. Every single day, come hell or high water, no matter where you are, no matter how busy your day is, no matter how stressful your life is, no matter how sick your kids are, every single day you will do one thing, not identify, do, take action on one thing that moves you in the direction of your goals, no matter what. Don't, please, don't con confuse learning with doing. I can't tell you how many people are like, I love your podcast, I never miss an episode, but I'm not really moving towards my goals. I haven't really done anything yet. Learning is not going to move you towards your goals. Doing moves you towards your goals. Do not give yourself a pat on the back for the seven blogs you read today on carb cycling. It doesn't matter. We spend way too much time learning and that takes our energy and our attention away from doing. We all have a finite amount of time. There's not anybody here that has 26 hours in the day. Don't take your energy and pour it into learning so you feel really educated and righteous. It doesn't matter. It's not going to get you there. Only doing is. And you know what the best way to learn is? By doing, by paying attention to your body, by knowing what works for you. So stop learning and start doing. And I know I say that as somebody who puts out a lot of content that can educate you. You don't need most of it. You don't. You need to do more and you'll learn along the way. The third thing I want to talk about, man, do I get fired up about this one. If you think I'm fired up now, you ain't seen nothing yet. You've got to stop making excuses. There will always be an excuse if you're looking for it, but the reality is there's also always a way. There's always a way. I shared recently about a trip that I took. I was on a cruise for work, and on the first full day on the boat, I pretty badly hurt my back while working out. And I could have said, well, I hurt my back, so I can't work out for the rest of the week. If I were looking for an excuse, oh, it was a beautiful one. But the reality is, if I was looking for a way, if I decide I don't look for excuses, I look for solutions, I don't look for a way out, I look for a way to make it work, well, I hurt my back. So I'm looking for a way to maintain my commitment to move my body every single day, so I better get creative on ways that I can do that without further irritating my back. I found a way I worked out every day. Or the fact that there were seven tables of dessert at every single meal. Well, I'm on a cruise. Well, it's kind of a vacation. Well, there's all this stuff here. I mean, and having one dessert is better than having four, which is what I would have done before. If I were looking for an excuse to justify a crappy choice, it would have been all around me. But instead, I said, I'm going to find a way because I don't need excuses. I need solutions. Stop making excuses because if you are the kind of person who looks for excuses, you will never be shorthanded. They are all around you. But you can also choose to be the kind of person who looks for solutions, who looks for a way, who doesn't need excuses, who doesn't make excuses because you make progress, not excuses. There's this philosophy about something called the locus of control. And locus basically means place, the place of control, where your control comes from. Some people 
have an external locus of control, meaning they focus on everything that's happening around them and they feel like they are controlled by the things that happen around them. So when they're talking about their progress, they'll talk about their mean boss, their stressful job, their busy life, their kids' chaotic schedules, the temptations their spouse brings into the house. That represents an external locus of control. And when you have an external locus of control, guess what you don't have? You don't have an internal locus of control. And I want everybody to commit to practicing having an internal locus of control, which means, yep, I had a long day at work, but that doesn't mean that I have to put junk in my mouth. Right? One of my clients in my Fat Loss Fast Track commented about this today, and she said, I'm not an automaton. No matter what happens around me, i.e. the kids' busy schedules, the spouse bringing in temptations, the long day at work, the stressful deadline, the not feeling well, no matter what happens around me, what is external... I still control what goes in my mouth unless I am kidnapped by people who force feed me Fig Newtons. And I told her I'd help her fight back against those bad guys, damn Fig Newtons. I am in control of what I do. That is what an internal locus of control is. Yeah, maybe I worked a long day. I still have total control over what I put in my mouth. Okay, they brought in pizza for the work meeting. I still have control over what I put in my mouth. Yeah, everybody around me was in a bad mood. I don't have to be in a bad mood because I am in control of what I focus on. And I can focus on the fact that I'm grateful for my health and I'm grateful for my job and I'm grateful for my family and the roof over my head. Everything around me can crash, but I am in control of my attitude and I am in control of my choices. And we all can benefit from shifting along this spectrum from focusing on everything around me influences my choices to everything around me exists and is very real, but it doesn't influence my attitude or my choices because I have an internal locus of control. The other thing that's really helpful in no longer making excuses is to know yourself and to know the way that you talk yourself into doubt or delay. Know the way that you talk yourself into, oh, well, it's Friday. Oh, well, everybody else is having some wine. Oh, well, I'm really stressed out. Oh, well, I'll start on Monday. Identify the stories you tell yourself that hold you back and overcome them. Say, nope, no more, not this. This isn't what I want for my life. I'm not making these excuses anymore because what I want is far greater. What I want is far better. It is far better to be healthy and confident and happy than it is to enjoy these cookies. Know how you talk yourself into doubt or delay and say, no more. I've done that for long enough. I know how that story ends. I know what kind of life that creates, and I don't want it. That's not what I want for my life. Shalene Johnson, who uh, you guys might know her of Beachbody, she talks about this notion of rabbit ears and blinders. And I think one of the ways we get in our own way is with our rabbit ears, meaning we're always turning our heads and we want to know everybody's opinion and we want to see what everybody else is doing and we want to know what everybody thinks about intermittent fasting or ketosis or carb cycling or low carb versus high carb, low carb versus high fat, whatever it is, rabbit ears, always getting distracted by other people's opinions, other situations, other things in life, as opposed to those of us who say, I'm putting my blinders on and I don't give a fig, Newton, about what anybody else says. I'm doing the work because I need to do the work and my body is going to give me the answers and I'm not going to be distracted by every latest blog post and opinion and podcaster out there. I am going to do the work and pay attention to what my body tells me works and I'm not going to make excuses based on needing to learn more or understand more or read more or plan more. No, you don't. You need to put your blinders on. You need to do more. And you need to do it anyway. One of the last podcast episodes of 2015, it was How to Make 2016 Amazing. I'll link to it if I remember before uh, below this presentation. But I basically said the reality is you're going to wake up on most days and not want to do the work, but you need to do it anyway. How many days do you wake up and you don't want to go into your job? You don't want to go to work. You'd rather stay in bed. 
but you go anyway because you understand the long-term implications if you don't. Well, why is that the approach we take for work, but when it comes to our health and happiness, if we don't want to do it, oh, okay, we just won't do it. Do it anyway. You're going to wake up and you're not going to want to do the work. You're going to be confronted with bagels at the office meeting and you're going to want to eat them. Don't. Do the work anyway. It doesn't matter if you want to or not. Over time, the rewards will motivate and encourage you and you'll want to do it more and more and more because you'll get into the cycle of accelerated returns. But you know what? If you don't want to brush your teeth at night, do it anyway. If your kid comes home and doesn't want to do their homework, do it anyway. We are not the kind of people that just don't do what we don't feel like doing If it has a long-term benefit or even a short-term benefit and you don't feel like doing it right now, tough. Do it anyway because easy is earned. If it's hard for you right now, then the only way to make it easy is to do it anyway. Everything gets easier with practice and you keep skipping practice, so stop. Do it anyway. The fourth strategy I want to talk to you about is attaching yourself to a goal attaching yourself to what it is that you want. Unfortunately, currently, many of you are attached to what you don't want. You are attached to where you are. You are arguing for all of your limitations, and that is preventing you from moving forward. On a podcast episode recently, I shared a story about this kid who got a job as the mail delivery boy at a bank. He was just the one that pushed the cart and delivered the mail. And when he started the job, his dad was so proud of him. And on the first day, his dad pinned a button to his jacket. And on the button was the letter P. And his dad, the dad said to the boy, you know, every day when you go into work and you see this button on your jacket, It's here to remind you that one day you're going to be the president of that bank. And so every day when you go into work, I want you to do one thing that moves you closer to your goal of being the president of the bank. And then every day when the boy would come home from work, his dad would say, son, what did you do today to move you in the direction of your goal of being the president of that bank one day? And the son would tell him he was attached to the goal. He was attached to where he was going. is quite literally attached based on the button. But instead of being attached to, I'm just the mail boy. There's no way I can ever be the president of the bank. I'm the guy that delivers the mail. Like I'm the schlep. I'm the low guy on the totem pole, right? He was attached to the goal. And you must attach yourself to the goal instead of being attached to your fears, to your limitations. I'm an emotional eater. This is really hard. There's temptation all around me. The weekends are when I struggle. I can't say no to the chocolate. Once I start, I can't stop. That is an attachment to your limitations. And you cannot move to your goals when you're attached to your limitations. Let it go. Redirect your attention. As soon as it shifts to the anti-goals, to the fears, to the doubts, to the failures in the past, enough of that. Attach yourself to the goal. Redirect your attention to where you want to go when you notice your attention drifting to everything you don't want. Temptation, it's hard, I'm tired, I don't want to, I screwed up yesterday. Enough of that. Attach yourself to your goal and where you want to go. Because where you are now isn't who you are. It drives me crazy when people say, I'm a binge eater. No, you're Sarah. You are not a binge eater. You may have binge eaten before. Maybe you've done that in the past, but that's not who you are. What you do and where you are is not who you are. You can be whoever or whatever you want, but you can't move beyond where you are right now if you're still attached to it. So fiercely attach yourself to your goal and you will move in that direction, but you've got to let go of all those limitations that you're arguing for day in and day out. I want you to read and write your goals every day. I want you to be fiercely committed to attaching yourself to these goals because you've been fiercely committed to your limitations for so long. Mentally, physically, attention. You've been fiercely attached to your limitations. Let it go. Read and write your goals daily. Redirect your attention from what you don't want. Stop focusing on what you don't want. Stop focusing on what you fear. Stop focusing on how you've messed up before, how you messed up yesterday, or what you're afraid of. Start focusing on what you can do, what you want, where you're going. Attach yourself to your goals. I want you to accumulate wins every single day, little wins, not hitting snooze, making your bed, drinking enough water, 
cleaning up the kitchen. I want you to focus on the wins. Little wins, big wins, and don't bite off more than you can chew. So many people will create, and I, I know because I did this, and I know because I see my clients doing it all the time, we create these elaborate plans, right? No more sugar, no more processed foods. I'm going to work out five times a week. And then the second that we fall short of this elaborate, detailed, expansive plan, we feel like a failure and anything good that we did doesn't count because we didn't meet this standard of perfection. Enough of that garbage. It doesn't work. It's not helping you. You've been there. You've done that. You've tried it. It doesn't work. Don't bite off more than you can chew in terms of the goals that you set for yourself. Set one objective for each day and nail it and celebrate it and accumulate these wins because when we take on so much, I'm going to be perfect, I'm going to do this, I'm going to give up that, I'm going to hit all these targets, the second that we fall a millimeter short, that is what we focus on and we feel like we failed and it's very demotivating. We have to work to gradually building back trust within ourselves. We have to trust ourselves because the reality is most of us have broke tons of promises we've made to ourselves and we have to stop. We have to build back trust. I don't want you to establish this elaborate 14-point plan. And then when you only hit 12 or 7 or even 13, we feel like we dropped the ball and it erodes our trust. I want you to establish one objective one objective and really nail it. Be excited for yourself so that you can build back that trust that over years of elaborate plans and failing to execute has really eroded. Start with small things. I'm going to track every single day. I'm going to park a little bit further away. I'm going to say my goals are affirmations. Start with little small things and not seven or eight of them, just one. And when you do that, you win in terms of progress, you win in terms of attitude, and you win in terms of building back trust with yourself and the small wins accumulate to form really big wins and life changes. I don't want you anymore to be a slave to impulse. I want you to set a small objective. And even when you don't feel like doing it, I want you to do it anyway. Your impulse will be to not do it because you've broken so many promises to yourself in the past. But set a small objective and win in small ways, regardless of what your impulse is. Do it anyway so that you begin to trust yourself and create some momentum. This next one is a hard one, and it's going to come across as probably a little bit harsh, and I'm okay with that because sometimes we need to hear the hard things. Don't attach yourself to your stories. I had this long, elaborate story about how my metabolism was so slow because my mom was really sick when she was pregnant with me, and I was an emotional eater, and I was a sneak eater because my mom criticized everything I ate, so I would hoard food and eat it in secret, and I was so attached to it that I couldn't move beyond it. It was part of my identity. Your circumstances, your stressful job, your financial situation, your unsupportive spouse, your kids who bring in treats, whatever, your metabolism, your menopausal, your circumstances don't dictate your choices. You do. Stop justifying why you haven't done it, why it's hard, why you can't, why you didn't because of your long commute, your lack of sleep your hormonal condition, your thyroidectomy. Listen, the circumstances are there and they're real, but they do not dictate your choices. So stop attaching yourself to the stories. Let the stories go and practice ruthless objectivity. Ruthless objectivity, which means I control my choices no matter what. Okay, I was overtired. Okay, I was partying with friends. That's not why I made the choice. I just made the choice because it was what I wanted and it was what I chose, period. Stop attaching the stories to it. The circumstances are real, but they do not dictate your choices. We just tell ourselves that they do because it makes us feel better. They're excuses that look like facts that we use to justify inaction or justify choices that aren't aligned with our goals. Let the story go and own your choices. Just own your choices. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I know I certainly did. I re-listened to it a couple different times this week as I was getting prepared to air it as an episode. 
And it's really inspiring to be able to look at yourself and say, where am I falling short on motivating myself, on creating motivation, and what am I willing to do differently? Where am I making excuses and telling myself or somebody else this elaborate story about why I am or am not following through on what I said I would? How can I ditch this story and focus exclusively on what I am able and willing to do. That is powerful stuff. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend and I will chat with you soon. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.